Wow, let's just take a minute, everyone. Look at the tip part of your pinky finger and look at that and imagine there are more organisms inside that small part of your body than there are people living in England. Hello and welcome to the Mind Gut Connection podcast. This podcast aims to inspire those living with any form of gut issues, food intolerances, bowel diseases or syndromes, and undiagnosed problems, issues, discomfort, and pain to strive towards a healthier and more fulfilled life. It is proven that what is happening in your gut will affect how your mind and body functions day to day. So while we do need to watch what we eat, it is also important to share that, to choose the right habits to nurture your mind and soul. You will finish each episode feeling less alone and armed with powerful actions to bring into your daily routine for health and fulfillment. In this episode, we will be talking to Isabella Sanika, who is a certified transformational nutrition coach and digestive specialist, quite a mouthful. She has deepened her knowledge about digestive health through reading books and completing additional courses such as microbiome restoration with Dr. Jason Porolak. Through her own personal and tough experience as a spoonie, that is someone with IBS and PCOS, Isa discovered that her passion for helping others with gut issues was there alive and well, and so has decided to pursue that. What Isa shares with us today is important as what is going on in the gut impacts your life in a huge way, regardless of if you live with or without gut issues. As Isa will share, when you work through your gut issues, you will be able to thrive and feel aligned with yourself again. Through the Mind Gut Connection podcast, I will be bringing you guests who have all been on their own journey with their mental and physical health, offering different perspectives and tools to help guide your journey towards health and fulfillment. And we will finish by giving you three small yet powerful actions to take with you into your day. So hello, Isa, welcome. Hi, Chelsea. Thank you Thank so much you for being so. here. <laughs> Thanks for being here. How do, I, how do I say your name? Am I saying it right? Yeah, he's awesome. So I would love for you, to, this is how I like to start the podcast, just to break this ice that sometimes is there when we meet people for the first time or we're a guest on a podcast. I would love for you to share something vulnerable about yourself with our audience. Of course, I would love to start with sharing my health journey because I know a lot of people who suffer with IBS and any other gut issues can relate. So my gut issues started a couple of years ago when I was living on a small island called Rarotonga, you might be familiar with, mm. in the middle of nowhere. And I was, I thought I was eating healthy then, and my healthy was basically cooking my own pasta and just buying a sauce, you know, random sauce from a shop. And I also, at that time, I also over-exercised very heavily, I went through a lot of stress due to a failed relationship and also the conditions I was living in were very basic and eventually my body just refused to function just said oh, that's enough and I woke up bloated with a lot of stomach pain and diarrhea I remember I spent hours and hours sitting on the toilet crawling with pain and calling for help until um, I ended up in hospital. And of course they couldn't find anything 
you know, you can imagine the hospital there is very small. So they performed some basic tests and I was fine. And over the next couple of weeks and months, my symptoms were changing. I experienced brain fog. I had a blurry vision. I couldn't, I couldn't even work in front of computer. Um, I had very weird red patches on my face and also my period eventually disappeared completely. Wow. So I was lost, you know, I tried different diets on my own as low FODMAP, not recommended to do it on your own, as you perfectly know. And then I went back to Poland and then New Zealand where I got into more tests. You know, I had endoscopy, colonoscopy, a lot of blood tests, SIBO testing and more. And they couldn't find anything serious apart from chronic gastritis. And when I asked, what does it mean? They told me, oh, your stomach is inflamed. And I was like, okay, what, do, what does it mean? What should I do? And the doctor's response was, I don't know. I said, okay. And then eventually they diagnosed me with a BS diagnosis for me, which is irritable bowel syndrome, um, just because they couldn't find anything else, right? And they told me to live with it another gastroenterologist that was actually quite was quite sad now it's funny he asked me if i prefer to have a drug for depression or for stomach pain um, and that was one of the moments where i decided that's enough i'm done with western medicine this is not this is not working and also one of the other doctors which was another really lovely experience which was gynecologist he told me to just have a red wine, relax, and have sex. That was his, <laughs> that was his response. It was, it was just crazy. And in this moment, I said, that's enough. I need to help myself, and I really want to help others because I know I'm not the only one who feels stuck and so hopeless. And then I decided to study nutrition coaching, where I realized that we are focused so much on food and on, to, on restrictions and what not to eat, rather than looking at the whole picture, looking into you know, what caused our issue in the first place, you know, like the mindfulness as well. And that really was life-changing experience for me. And I started you know, eating more plants, removing the inflammatory foods for good, not just you know, keeping them in and out, in and out, also started chewing foods properly, eating mindfully, and that just, you know, helped, like, helped. I stopped having problems with insomnia, fatigue, stomach pain, you know, so I basically got my life back, which I'm really grateful for. Wow, yes, well, thank you for sharing, and, and I think that kind of um, backs up the, what you said about um, your tough experience with all of that, because that is, and were you alone when you were in Rarotonga? Were you living by yourself? Um, I mean, at the beginning, I was living with my ex-partner and his um, alcoholic father. So it was difficult. I, mm. Yeah, it was very difficult. And then I was on my own for another year, struggling with, you know, gut issues on and off. <laughs> and that's, that's got to be the hardest part. I think uh, one of the huge things I see in people who have gut issues, um, because, because the gut's connected to the mind, is that your, the people you surround yourself with, the support group is just as important to take care of your mental health, to be taking care of your 
your gut health it's all it's all connected isn't it we don't really realize as well i feel like we really underestimate the power of the connection you know between the mind and the gut which i'm going to talk about a little bit later on yeah totally and and I, that's exactly why this, this podcast is named what it's named it's it's just the everything's connected so i found that really interesting uh, in part of your story you were talking about the kind of bullshit diagnosis of ibs mm -hmm. and i would love to know what your opinion is around that so when i say bullshit diagnosis it is just because doctor comes up they come up with ibs when they have no idea what's going on so they can see okay you've got gut issues you've got bloating stomach pain diarrhea constipation or both mixed and they're like okay your blood tests are fine colonoscopy fine endoscopy is fine you are healthy you just got ibs because we don't know so they never ask i'm sure you experienced this a doctor when you go to a doctor they don't ask oh but what was happening in your life when you got issues start you know did you travel somewhere overseas maybe you've got SIBO you know it's often the case when you travel overseas and you get the small overgrowth bacteria in your small intestine you know they don't perform this test they they just don't they just say IBS that's why I say it's bullshit because there's always a root cause for IBS can be slow motility can be SIBO can be candida you know a lot of chronic stress you know trauma you experienced as a child or later on in your life. Mm, that's very true. And thinking back to when I was 16 and I had really bad stomach pain, um, I went to the doctor and, and one of the first guesses was IBS or a stomach ulcer. So there were two kind of guesses the doctor had. It wasn't a stomach ulcer. So then the next guess was IBS. Do you know what it was? My appendix. My oh. appendix was leaking poisonous fluid into my body. And if I hadn't have pushed and said it really hurts, um, mm. it was for two weeks that I had this. So my appendix didn't burst in the same way other people's did. It was just leaking. And so it was causing this referred pain to my stomach area, but it had nothing to do with my digestion. So yeah, it's, it is an interesting um, thing people like to perhaps fall back on as well as that it is also, um, I do find it a really nice way to be able to describe to other people in my life what symptoms I'm having. So, you know, you know, I don't know if you've noticed when you are in a conversation, maybe you're having uh, IBS symptoms, which are quite well known and common. And yeah, they transfer to other diseases and, and problems, but people kind of get it if you say you're having IBS symptoms, because then you're just like, you're covering all the symptoms the doctor thought you had you know, related to in the first place. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's time and place for it. Mm -hmm. So speaking of gut health, uh, I would love to know around, around gut health and around everything that's happening there, how important is it? Oh, where to start? It's yeah. so important. <laughs> so, you know, we usually start valuing our health when something goes wrong usually mm. like most of the time let's be, let's be honest oh, right? yeah. when we've got like mild symptoms you're like nah. you can ignore it but when something hits us very hard you're like oh and then we look into diet and lifestyle and everything else and hippocrates mm. once said that every disease starts in the gut and the science shows that most of the diseases start in the gut and this is so true because 
you know, the little guys living inside us, they can make us feel as miserable as good, as great, you know, both. And they can, without, without us, they can easily survive. But without this bacteria, this little guys, we cannot eat and we cannot breathe. So in order, in order to understand and to keep this bacteria healthy, we need to understand what these microbes, or microbes, bacteria, microorganisms, microorganisms do to us, right? So they are responsible for so many different functions in the body. Starting with they modulate the immune system. They help us with um, absorption, right? Like mineral absorption, also to improve nutritional state status, like production of vitamin K, for example. They also are responsible for weight management, mood management, control glucose levels, as well as insulin sensitivities. They protect us from harmful microorganisms, what else? Oh, this is very important. They also produce short-chain fatty acids. So when we consume fiber, fiber-rich foods, they ferment into short-chain short -chain fatty acids. And short-chain fatty acids, they give us the energy which we need. They improve our brain health. So it's crucial. It's crucial for our well-being, right? So you can see how important our bacteria, microbes, microorganisms are right mm. and so, so what can someone do if they're like okay you know the microbiome and microorganisms are really important to me what can they do to take a look at what they're doing in their lives at the moment to say am i supporting them or am i harming them okay so first of all i would even track or have a food and mood journal and look what you eat on a daily basis because what you put inside you has such a huge impact on how you feel, right? And, and for example, if you eat, you know, on a daily basis, you eat inflammatory foods, you are going, you are not going, you are going to starve the good bacteria, right? They need fiber, they need foods in order to thrive. If you don't give them what they want, they're not going to be happy with you and they're going to reward you with really nasty symptoms, right? So it's like, you know, you have to take care of them in order for them to take care of you. Mm, definitely. I, uh, there was a book and it, the name has just slipped my mind. Um, uh, no, it's gone, but it, it, it talked <laughs> about the, uh, the, the microbiome, the bacteria that's in your gut. And, and after reading that book, I started thinking in the same way that you've put it, is that you have like a team of people like things, people, you have a team of things living inside you and they are like all for your health. They're like, yeah, let's do this. Like, let's go. We've got your back. We can make you feel good. And then you've yeah. also got the team that's like, no. And so which one are you going to feed? Which one are you going to give energy to? It's a really nice way to think of it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have such a responsibility. I have, it's not just me anymore. It's this whole team. Exactly. And if you, I'm sure you're aware, we've got trillions, trillions of bacteria in our gut. That's basically like universe inside <laughs> us. And like when you look in your finger, in your little finger, that's basically, it's actually more, more microorganisms there than people living in whole England. In your one little finger, like how? 
Wow, let's just take a minute, everyone. Look at the tip part of your pinky finger and look at that and imagine there are more organisms inside that small part of your body than there are people living in England. That's crazy. How? Like, how? Like, you know, and it's hard for us to understand. It's hard for us to take care of these guys because we cannot see them. Mm. You know, if you see what they do inside you, you I'm sure you change your mind, but because they're invisible, you're like, no, they're just inside us. So who cares, you know? Yeah. And so what you're saying is, although they're invisible, um, they speak to you through how you feel. Exactly. And that's where the journal comes in. Exactly. Right. So you would recommend for people if they wanted to see what's going on inside without looking because you can't. Keep, keep a food and mood journal. Yes, that would be the first step. Yeah. And okay. see how you feel after, you know, do you like, do you have more energy after food or does, you know, does this food give you energy or does it drain your energy? Mm. It's as simple as that, you know? That's interesting. And all, yeah. And also because of that, you can um, see if you've got any food sensitivities, right? Well, you Try, when you start eliminating all of these inflammatory foods, you, you might see a pattern. You might see that something, there's some sort of food that you're actually intolerant or sensitive to. So that could be as well helpful. Right. So it's, it's less about following kind of something that you've seen or read and more about listening to yourself. Exactly. Always, always don't mm-hmm. follow a diet that works for someone else because it might not necessarily work for you. Definitely. I find it interesting in terms of you mentioned it can impact the, the health of your skin as well. Um, and I, and I find that my skin really, really speaks to me. Um, if I, if I eat foods that my body doesn't agree with, I have quite a specific area just, um, on one side of my mouth and the other, right? Like on either side of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, by the way, a couple of days ago, you ate food that I that you didn't like or you can't process very well. And I'm like, oh crap, I didn't keep a journal. I have no idea what it was. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. It's funny because we think that, oh, we just remember what we ate yesterday, but it's often not the case. And it's like, oh, what was it? What did I have? Mm. It's much easier just to track, you know, for a couple of weeks. It's yeah. not so time consuming. It doesn't take long to just write down. Totally. And is, do you find it's, it's, it's good to keep that on, on your phone opposed to a notebook? It, it, it depends. Well, you know, like sometimes it's just even better to have like a little, oh, I don't have it with me, to just have a little book. And even when you're outside, you just straight after eating, you're just not, you, you know, not straight, you write straight away what you, what you ate mm. so, or just phone. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I think the, the biggest time I slip is on the weekends when I'm out with people. That's the hardest time I find. Do you have any, do you have any tips around that, that situation? Um, usually I would first of all think like, oh, is this the, I don't know, the restaurant or whatever you go to is, can they cater for my needs, you know, for what I can have, or just simply suggest to your friends, oh, like just do your own research. And you might suggest like, oh, can we go to this place because you can see more like healthier and better options for your body, right? Mm. Or instead of going to the restaurant, just, you know, maybe cook for your friends, you know, like that's another, another option or just, I know, go for a picnic or, you know, bring your own food. I know a lot of people feel 
quite anxious, of, you know, about like, oh, but what people will judge me. But it's not the case. People will understand and you don't have to explain yourself. Just say like, oh, that's the way I want to eat. I love my food. That's why I'm bringing my own. So Totally. Yeah. I think that's really important also to, to make it clear, you know, if anyone's in that position of, of feeling awkward around food or anything that you've got, you've got strategies. Like I choose to eat before I go out to restaurants because that's just what works for me. And then at the restaurant, I'll get something real basic like chips. So I'm still eating with people, but um, it's exactly. very, it's a very simple food. And, and there have been times when I've walked into a place with a Tupperware that has food in it, like a bar, yeah. a pub, like the other week I went to a talk in a, in a club kind of place and had a Tupperware with food. And I was like, I don't really care. Cause I've made this amazing meal that I can eat and I will digest. So think more about that team that you have inside of you to feed them than what other people are thinking as well. And most exactly. of the time, like you said, they don't really care. They don't. It's, uh, it's about you, right? At the yeah. end, you know, it's not their tummy. It's your tummy. Yeah. <laughs> and so talking about diet and, and, you know, choosing the right diet for your gut, what do you think around the best diet to help your gut heal? Okay. So I know a lot of people would suggest diets like a low FODMAP diet or AIP or SCCD. But for me, this diet don't get me wrong, they can be helpful, but they are helpful short term just to see, you know, what triggers your symptoms, but they are not good long term approaches. And for example, low FODMAP diet can be destructive for your gut because it excludes all of the prebiotics that your actually bacteria needs, right? So I mentioned before about short chain fatty acids. And in order to produce this short chain fatty acids, you need fiber. So you need to eat fiber. And I know a lot of people with gut issues are scared of fiber because fiber is usually, oh my gosh, I will get this unpleasant, you know, gases and bloating and what else. But without fiber, you're not going to provide your bacteria with feed, you know, so they are not going to try, thrive and you're not going to heal as quickly. And here, my tip, if you cannot handle fiber as much fiber at the beginning, think about, I don't know, going for a run, right? right? For example, you want to attend a marathon. So, and you've never run before. So you're not going to just jump into it and start, I know, and you're like, okay, I will run the marathon. No, you're going to practice, right? Every single day going for, I don't know, five, 10K run. And the same is with your gut. You need to train, train the muscle, right? To develop, to handle more and more fiber. And at the beginning, what I've noticed, what works for people is maybe to have just, you know, prebiotic supplement instead and focus on plants mainly, excluding that plants that might trigger your symptoms, right? Often like broccoli and cauliflower can be quite troublesome. So you might exclude those but take the prebiotic supplement, which can be quite helpful. And here, the most important diet and the best diet to help your gut heal is to eat at least 30 different plant foods a week. At least. Whoa. 30? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not a lot. It's not really. It's 
it seems like it but it is yeah at least and you know you might think it's a lot but think about that you can have for example different kinds of rice there's a black rice red rice brown rice that different type of plants plant foods oh because okay. i was thinking vegetables when you said plant foods so what what no. are plant foods then plants is everything that comes from plants so rice as well right so oh. grains grains and um, grains are plants as well so millet oats buckwheat you know for people who can handle grains because i know that some people at the beginning they have to be careful with uh, grains especially if you have SIBO for example, low FODMAP approach can be very helpful at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't know that. Um, so you, anything that comes from like, just basically anything that grows in the ground. Yeah. Cool. So exactly. 30 different things a week. And, oh, that's, it just, it just sounds like a lot, but how, yeah. what do you, so, so what do you think of meat? Uh, that's a, that's a tricky one. So meat, definitely to reduce meat. I wouldn't say like personally, I switched to plant-based eating last year, so I'm quite new. So I don't eat meat at all, but I don't think meat is the worst thing ever as well, especially if it's like, you know, white coat and organically farmed. Otherwise I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't touch the commercial meat from the supermarket because as you know, it's packed with hormones, antibiotics, and all of this nasty stuff, but I would definitely 100% eliminate any processed meats, such mm. as bacon and sausages. Bacon? This... Oh no. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> but ba yeah, yeah. Bacon's heavily processed and does contain uh, also some preservatives in most cases. Mm. It's, it's definitely and... a treat food. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very hard to digest as well. Yeah, ah, yeah it's, it's an interesting one. When I, when I spoke to uh, my dietitian around meat and she d did say to reduce red, my red meat intake was quite high at the time and to reduce uh -huh. that down to it once a week and um, stick to, yeah, white meats, chicken and fish. Mm, yeah, that's safer, definitely. Red meat, yeah, you want to avoid completely or reduce to what your dietitian suggested, yeah. Mm. And I think it's also interesting to think about um, the ease of access to these meats back in the day. So if we think about our heritage and where we came from, um, was it easier for us to find fish or was it easier for us to find an enormous cow and kill it and eat the whole thing? Um, you know, think about like the, the origin <laughs> of, of our thing. Like we kind of, I think humans, especially ones that live by the ocean, fish was a very quite uh, popular part of the diet right and birds those kinds of smaller but white meat animals and this is a complete theory i just made up by the way i this is based on no research at all <laughs> it's just a theory that that we can look at our past and see that white meat's easier for us to digest because we've been doing it for longer total total hypothesis and a total mm. theory but i just like thinking out loud anyway yeah what well, i mean could be yeah I'm not and you know also here like removing all of the inflammatory foods you know they are very important you know if you want to truly hear you know you cannot consume the inflammatory foods on daily basis because you got simply won't won't heal how you know if you keep eating I know processed carbohydrates right or refined sugars 
they're very inflammatory or trans fats, you know, like soybean oil, palm oil, canola oil, margarine, they're all damaging to our gut. Mm. As well as dairy, I'm not sure if I mentioned. Dairy is very destructive for our gut as well due to milk protein, yeah, proteins in the milk. So it is interesting because I do find, especially as a my journey and people who might be going through a similar journey, as you mentioned before, you can be um, subject to this kind of mantra of don't eat this, don't eat this, don't eat this. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned before, we, we shouldn't even be thinking like that. We should be changing our frame of mind. So can you expand on that so we can think about this in a, in a positive way um, around, you know, choosing what you eat? So... You want to eat, first of all, you want to eat what you love, right? You don't want to think about, okay, what, yeah, what (laughs) is allowed, what's allowed, I'm going to have that. I maybe, I probably don't like this food, but I will still eat it anyway. No, you have to like choose the food from, you know, the food you like, but make you feel good and truly like enjoy every single bite and eat mindfully, you know, through at least. 20 to 40 times i know it seems a lot as well but that's eating mindfully you know and eating far away it's extreme i know but that really helps people who suffer with constipation for example you know our gut doesn't have teeth you know it cannot just you know true like that's where you know your digestion starts in your mouth so you have to you know chew your foods properly you cannot just swallow it and I'm a faster eater myself, so I'm working on it still after mm. so many years. It's a process, but it's it's so much. It's helpful. It's very helpful. You know, also putting the phone away, you know, not that you eat and watch a TV or, I don't know, look at Instagram, right? Or, you know, scroll through Facebook feed. Because that doesn't help you finish food and you'll be like, oh, you are still hungry. Yeah, so cool so it's more about being mindful when you eat mm. and about what you eat and thinking um for example uh, you've made a beautiful meal for yourself and you look at that and you say wow this is amazing and delicious and oh my gosh i just love this meal and then taking your time while you eat it really enjoying it and what do you how do you think that impacts the way that you think about food Oh, a lot because you know when you love what you eat you're you're just, you're happy as well you know mm. often what helps is well eating with someone you love you know or you love spending time with and you eat together it also helps you know yeah a lot um i've noticed yeah people rather than just hiding and eating yourself and feeling sad and like oh i'm just having this i don't know rice or this potatoes with i don't know chicken you know and you're like and salt and you're just like oh it's disgusting you know rather than actually thinking oh my gosh getting maybe organic potatoes which is recommended and you eat and like oh my gosh like this potato grew in such a beautiful soil dense you know environment and it makes you happy as well you know or if you can grow your own you appreciate it even more then you would even be like whoa I grew these amazing potatoes, you know, and it's completely, it's just different. It's all about like shifting your mindset, you know, rather than focusing, oh, I'm just having such a plain food, you know, just potatoes or just rice. And you're like, oh, I'm sick of it. 
instead of thinking this way it's like think like you know how this potato came to your plate you know how did you get this potato and the taste you know and truly truly enjoy it you know so and it comes it kind of comes into gratitude as well so um i'm not religious but i i and so you know i've i've been made to say grace because my stepdad is a christian so we've said it but it hasn't honestly really meant much to me however when I went to Resolution New Year's Festival at New Year's and it was more spiritual, I met someone who, um, before she ate, literally thanked the food for its journey to her plate. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is actually beautiful. It's like, thank you farmers for growing these potatoes and, exactly. and maybe it's organic. So thank you for not using pesticides and thank you to the trucks that brought it to the shops and thank you to me for making money so I could buy it. Like, and I, I just, I think it's such a wholesome way it. of approaching food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So have you encountered people who, and I, I'm saying this because it's from my experience sometimes, um, I am, I am very gra grateful for the fact that I can cook and I can cook delicious food. And yeah, oh my gosh, sometimes I'm like blown up, blown away with the food I make for myself. But there are, I do still have days if I'm feeling down or if I'm feeling low, where if I go out to eat and I can't eat anything on the menu, I just feel like, uh, like I feel um, like that's not fair or I just wish that I could just eat or maybe I just do it. Maybe I just do it and suffer the consequences. There are, are days when I'm feeling like low energy. Do you have anything to say to that situation? Because I know that that's also quite common to feel once you've restricted so many foods from your diet. Yeah, we all have these days. And for me here, it's once again about mindfulness, you know, and you know, like having this deep breaths, meditate, um, reminding yourself why, you know, why you want to get better. This is very important, you know, and like you said, oh, do you want to suffer these consequences? And will this help my gut heal or will this actually um, make me feel worse and will push me away from achieving my goals, you know? So this is very old. something to make you instead of looking at the food as a source to make you happy look for different things that makes you usually happy like listening to a happy music put like a happy song on right or call your best friend go for walk go for run whatever makes you happy dance you know shake whatever you know like we often think i know that food it also can be pleasure but we often think like, oh, food is the only thing that will give us the happiness and pleasure. But no, there's so many other things, you know. Also, visualization is so powerful as well. A lot of, you know, gratitude you mentioned before, writing a few things you're grateful for. Mm, and I think that's an interesting one because if anyone ha was raised with the idea that food is a reward or treat mm -hmm. or um, you have to earn it in the sense of desserts and stuff, it can be really hard to take away the feeling of happiness coming from that food, like being the only source of it. So I, I know that, you know, um, I have I have been exploring that relationship based on my upbringing how we had to finish all the food on our plate. I don't want to do that anymore. It's, but it's so ingrained in me. I have to, I have to be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your reaction's like, uh. um, <laughs> but yes, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to feel obliged to finish all the food on my plate, which is a belief that's come from young. And my mom's admitted, admitted it herself. She didn't, she wished she hadn't done that. 
she wished that she hadn't instilled that belief because it's not what we should be doing. And that's just one aspect of your belief that comes from the food that you're eating, right? Exactly. At least she realized, right? I mean, yes. <laughs> yes. We all make mistakes, you know, and we learn along the way. Totally. And it, you just bring that awareness to it. So um, if you are starting to think about uh, the importance of your gut health and the best way that you can help your gut heal. And so we've talked about choosing the right foods and listening to your body and all around that food. What are you putting in your mouth? All of that sort of thing. <laughs> so apart from food and the dietary changes, what else can people do to rebuild their gut flora? First of all, I cannot stress that enough is sleep. Ooh, I love sleep. sleep is, yeah, sleep is so important. And you want to aim for at least seven to eight hours sleep. Because, you know, I'm sure you experience when you don't have enough sleep, you might feel sluggish or angry or frustrated. You might overeat as well. That's often I've noticed the case with my clients when they don't have a good night's sleep they will eat all of the shitty foods mm -hmm. the next day you know yep. <laughs> it's, it's very common um also so this is very important and here once again mindfulness so here will be deep breathing you know it might help to like do six deep breaths before eating every single meal also meditation and it doesn't have to be just sitting and you know like i usually do without you know guidance i just meditate and just sitting in a piece with like a, my essential oils but it can be a guided meditation can be like a walk in the nature that form of meditation can be just painting whatever makes you happy and it really relaxes you so any mindfulness practices as well as journaling it's very powerful as well so writing all of the thoughts down or any like aha moments you experience you had during the day or any observations you might have. Yeah, so these ones are very important. So I'll say sleep um, and mindfulness. And also here would be supplements. So I'm considering like why once your diet is improved, right? So you eliminate all of the inflammatory foods and you eat what you truly love and you you know your root cause of ibs of ibs then you can add some supplements to help your gut heal faster and my favorites here would be omega-3s are very important and i realized that many of us don't have enough omega-3s in a diet and we cannot produce omega-3s right so we need to source them from the from the diet so omega-3 supplement can be quite powerful and shown shown to reduce inflammation as well also prebiotic which i mentioned before so it's a it's a fiber supplement in some cases probiotics and digestive enzymes can be very helpful plenty to choose from you know some vitamins and minerals are very important as well as well as L-glutamine, which is an amino acid. So yeah, quite a few things, but it's all about personalization here. So, you know, I would really check with a doctor before, you know, taking on any supplementation. 
Mm, definitely. And also, I think when you start to implement any changes in your life, if you can keep a record of how you feel afterwards, and opposed to uh, incorporating like four supplements at once, try one and see with exactly. obviously with a professional advice, you can try one and, and see if it's made a difference. And if it has, that's awesome. You could try another one and, and then slowly just build on it. And it's, it's the same kind of theme that I like to follow in, in everything that I recommend. And, and every, every time I talk to somebody, it is all about baby steps with anything. Hmm. And yes, so especially, exactly. yeah, especially in this situation. So speaking of baby steps, I would like to ask, or we've, we've discussed some awesome, awesome information here. And I think it's really, really important even just to raise awareness of the fact that this stuff is so important um, because of, you know, just being mindfulness around, mindful around food, having mindfulness. And also I think when you are mindful, you start to see the messages that are subconsciously appearing around food as well. So what has marketing made you believe? What have your parents made you believe for better or worse? Um, you know, what do the people around you make you believe? Just think, starting to think, challenge your beliefs and start to think, okay, maybe I'm not doing the best that I could be doing for my body and for my team mm -hmm. of trillions that is in my body. And, <laughs> and used to use Jacinda Ardern's term, but <laughs> team of five <laughs> trillion. Um, I like that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what are you doing? So we'll, we'll, we'll think about all of that. And I, and I really urge you to look into this further, but from this, I know that was a lot of information. If we could break it down and we could think, what can somebody listening today take away? What are three actions that somebody could take away from this episode and actually start to implement this week? Okay. So the first one, very important to eat at least 30 different plant foods a week. It's not as many, right? Remember, it can be rice and there's red rice, brown rice and black rice. So there'll be three different plant foods. That'll be first one. Second of all, mindfulness, right? And here, meditation or deep breathing as well as mindful eating. So chewing the food properly and eating mindfully far away from electronic devices. Yeah, so that would be the second point. And now the third point, let me think what else we discussed. Third point would be sleep because I feel like it's, it's very important and we just don't have enough. And here when I talk about sleep, a lot of people say, yes, but I cannot get, get to sleep or I cannot stay, you know, I cannot, um, I usually wake up in the middle of the night. And here it's like, look what you do before you go to sleep. Look how your evening routine look like. It's very important as well. Do you watch a movie before going to sleep or do you read a book and meditate, having a relaxing bath or I don't know, journaling? You know, it's completely different what you do or like what you eat, right, as well before going to sleep. Or maybe you eat an hour before sleep and then your tummy simply, you know, be digesting food. So it's not ready to go to sleep. So here's important, like, you know, evening routine, sleep. If the evening routine is not in the right place, you won't have a good sleep. So Definitely. Awesome. So eat. So in the next week, um, I would say 
you know, it sounds like a lot to say um, 30 different plant foods. Just take a moment and write down all the ones that you currently have. And so you can get a good perspective. I think that would be a great place to start with that and then see what's realistic to add in because understanding that, um, you know, you have a budget for food. And so what, what can be incorporated into that budget? So that's the first action to take, take note of how many plant foods you eat and seeing which ones can be added. Number two, mindfulness eating. So this is quite a, a big kind of task and to break it down, I challenge you to have one meal this week that's really mindful. So putting the phone away, just taking six deep breaths before you start eating. Um, make sure that what you're eating is actually going to nourish your, your gut, is going to nourish your body. Just taking a moment and, and putting some real thought and mindfulness into that meal. So just one this week. And I would love to know how it goes. And number three, if you um, have get seven to eight hours of sleep a night, every night, and if you're having any trouble around that at the moment, take a moment and look at what you're doing before you go to bed. Are you on your screen right before you go to bed? What kind of actions are you doing to help or hinder your sleep? And if you are feeling like um, there's one thing that it could be, just spend the week just not doing that thing or changing that one thing. And I feel like you're definitely going to start to feel an improvement. So that's your three actions. And I really hope that you can go and implement those. And I would really love to know how they go. So make sure that you join the conversation online on Instagram. And um, yeah, let's like, let's do it. Let's do it. Awesome. Awesome challenges. <laughs> So thank you so much for sharing that. That's really, really valuable information and so, so important. So I'm really grateful to you for coming on and grateful that you're doing what you're doing and you're obviously very passionate about it, which I think is also really important. So how was that topic for you? What was that like to share? Thank you so much, Jessie, for having me. I love that. I love talking everything gut has related, you know, and I know that this steps might be like a lot but like you said it's all about baby steps you don't have to start with 30 plant foods but at least increase you know each week more 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 so you can get towards this 30 plants and you know herbs and spices discount as well so oh herbs and spices count perfect yeah done <laughs> so load it up with plenty of thyme rosemary coriander here we go you can have 10 on your plate awesome Cool. And so how do you help people and how can people get in touch with you? So people can get in touch through Instagram. That's the easiest way because that's where I'm active. So feel free to direct message me. And I mainly work with ambitious women, you know, who've been helped by leaky gut, so gut issues and to work on their business without pain, anxiety and fatigue. So I work with them by you know, helping them to identify the root cause if unknown and giving them clarity and confidence to move forward in the healing journey so they don't have to be confused or anxious around the food anymore. Mm. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. That's so, so necessary. And what's your Instagram handle? Um, so it's my, um, so it's i.sarnika. Sarnika, awesome. And I'll tag you in the post. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll put the link in the in the description of this podcast and um, Isa will also be 
tagged in the post on Instagram. And if you don't already follow me on Instagram, why not? Um, come follow me. It's Chelsea Ritson underscore NZ. And I will have a post up about this podcast. And I would love for you to join the discussion. What did you think? Do you think you'll be able to take on a challenge from this week? If you have, how did it go? I'd love to know all of that. And um, Isa will be there too on the comments. So ask questions and engage with other people who have listened. That will be awesome. So thank you again for coming. Um, I am really looking forward to the podcast we have coming up. And if you've been listening to the last few podcasts, you'd know we talk about a range of things associated with your mind and your gut health. So anything around mental health, physical health, and everything in between, because everything is at the end of the day linked so Isa would you like to join me as we close with five breaths together of course I would love to do that awesome <laughs>